0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is Kevin Kaufman, your host of the Kevin and Fred Next Level Podcast, the podcast where we bring you weekly business tips and tricks, as well as in-depth interviews with leading minds in real estate and entrepreneurship to help you take your business to the next level. Hey, we've got a special bonus episode for you today. This is actually an interview I did over six years ago with one of my very first mentors, Gary Keller when he had recently published a book called The One Thing. The book went on to be a bestseller on basically every single list you could ever find and has continued to absolutely shape businesses around the world. It is his best work in my humble opinion, and I had the opportunity to have this quick, short interview that I think you're going to dig. So sit back, relax. Again, this one's short. I think you're going to enjoy it. Hey, Kevin Kaufman here with Gary Keller. Hey, and Kevin. How you doing, Gary? Awesome, Kevin. Well, we actually just got done spending the day together, and it was awesome, Kevin. Gary absolutely was. <laughs> so, Gary, as you as you know, has written a new book called "The One Thing: The awesome. Surprisingly Simple Truth Behind Extraordinary Results." And as we've talked about the last few chapters over the last few weeks, we've come to Chapter Ten, which is where we get to the focusing question, mm-hmm. which is to me where the, this really gets. I mean, the whole book is great, but this okay. is where it starts to turn for me.
1: Yeah. Well, we're we're now answering the question. We're we're now answering. So, what do I do? Yeah. And how so do I? How do I actually live the one thing? Absolutely. Okay. That's what that chapter is.
0: And so, the one que- the focusing question mm-hmm. is how how do we how do we live the one thing? Can you tell us how you came up with that question, or just what does it mean to you?
1: Yeah. Well, the the easy way that I came up with it was um, I've always been what you would say a kind of focused person, Kevin. But what happened was back. I would guess this would have been in the 90s. Uh, I'm starting to coach um, really successful real estate agents, but the challenge was, at the end of the coaching call, I would say, now, do you know what to do? And they would say, yeah, I do. And and they would know, right? But we'd get on the phone at our next conversation, and they wouldn't have done what mattered most. They did a little of it, but they didn't do enough of it, right? Gotcha. So then I would, after after periods of time, I kept asking myself, what's the different way I could phrase this so I could get them to do what mattered most. And finally one day out of frustration, and really it was a frustrating day, I said to an individual, I said, okay, look, stop. If there was just one thing you could do, such that by doing it, everything else would be easier or unnecessary, what would that be? Bam. And they knew the answer, by the way. They always knew the answer. But now that I put it that way, they said this, and I said, okay, when we get on the phone next time, that's all we're gonna talk about. If you've accomplished that, we'll talk about anything else you want. Other than that, this is all we're gonna talk about. Okay? Got it, and my guess is it's because
0: that's the most levered activity, if you will, to use your terminology. Yeah, absolutely. And when you're using the most levered
1: activity, you're creating the most potential results. Absolutely, absolutely. And a good example of that would be, um, I have a a mom who is 83 years old. Now this is just a personal story, right? But my mom is 83 years old. And um, I asked myself the question, my mom happens to be a, an individual who gossips a little. Okay, uh, now my mom is awesome, and I love my mother, but it really frustrated me that she liked to talk about other people and other stuff way too much when I when everyone was with her. So one day I just applied the question. I said, if "There's one thing I do with my mom, sister that by doing it, that she wouldn't, we wouldn't have to go through this, but we'd have an awesome time. What would that one thing be?" So everything else is necessary, right? And the idea was. Dominoes. My mother loves dominoes, And she's awesome at it. So, the next time I showed her at my mother's house, uh, I said, hey, you have dominoes?" She said, well, yeah. I said, let's play. What I discovered is my mom can't behave that way she was when she's trying to beat me at dominoes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So, at the end, it's a, it's a true story. And my mother and I have this massive competition going on. We now play dominoes online even. So when oh, we're together, wow. we play dominoes, and we now play a domino game where she makes her move, I make my move, you know, and i call her today. I haven't moved today, mother, you need to make your move, right, blah, 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 blah. And it changed the entire relationship. It made everything else that we do easier and necessary. One day, I went over to her house, uh, this is last month, and um, she wanted to play dominoes. And uh, the basketball game was on. And Kevin, it didn't take long before she had digressed back into that mode, because She's awesome, but she likes to do that. And it reminded me, because I said, you want to play Domino's? She goes, no, I'm too tired. Can we just sit and talk? She'd been so good for so long. I thought we were okay, and it didn't work, right? So then from that moment on, it's all dominoes. It's dominoes, And we have a wonderful time, and she's in a great mood. Anyway, I don't need to go on and on. The point is, is that as awesome as she is, I gave her what she wanted as well which is she lives alone, she can't find anyone else to play, I'm doing what she loves to do, I love to do it, and it puts us in our best place. So um, you think about it at a a business level. You say, okay, what's the one thing I can do today in all the things that I have to do, such that by doing it, it makes everything else easier or unnecessary. And the thing about easier or unnecessary means you get to go home on time. See, when you do the focus in question and you answer what you're doing in that manner... Because your work will never be done. I don't care who you are on this planet. It's true. It is true for all yeah. of us. It's By the way, and you can think of a hundred things to do with your kids. You can think of a hundredth of things to do with your spouse or your buddies. But at the end of the day, if you did the thing that gave you the most joy or was the most productive, that had the biggest impact, and you did that, everything else would be easier or you wouldn't even care. Yeah. You did the thing that mattered most, right? Yeah. And for me, that when, we,
0: when you add in those words, makes it easier or unnecessary, it removes all of the mental blocks for me. Right, right So, And I'm sure for a lot of our viewers, too, it removes mental blocks for them well, well, your goal
1: in using that question is not to do everything. Your goal is to do the thing that matters most, that makes everything else that you could do, either easier because you've lined up the dominoes, or unnecessary because it knocked them all down by itself. In other words, you get to go home on time. You get to have a life and do other things and still lead a massive business life because you're a fiend on focusing on what matters most, right? right, right. The, way, the way book writing came about for me is exactly that. I put a bunch of people in a room that, that ran the businesses uh, back about 11 years ago and we brainstormed what was the, the, thing, the thing that we could do that would make the organization um, actually fashionable to top producing people. Keller Williams has lots of people per office, it looks like we're running a numbers game. And so it looked like we were a focused on low production group because right. when you have lots of people, your production starts, no matter how good your best people are, it starts to look like a mirror of the industry. Right. Your average agent does what the average person does because you're a large population but the profitability demanded that. So we, we were caught in a bind, we're not going to break our economics. But we knew that we understood how to be productive at a high level. How could we how could we make that really work? The answer was we brainstormed for an entire day. We had over a hundred ideas on the board. The only one that we actually implemented consistently over time was we wrote the book, The Millionaire Real Estate Agent. Game changer. Absolutely game it was a, changer. It was a game changer. And that's all we did. And by the way, now Let's go one step further. If you're going to write a book and you're not a writer, what's the one thing you have to do so that by doing that, everything else will be easier and unnecessary? It's block out four hours a day to write in the book. Absolutely. Okay, that's it. And what That was easy for me, Kevin, because as a salesperson, I knew I had to lead generate three to four hours every day. It was my one thing that drove my sales career. As a manager, I knew the one thing I had to do every day in order to build the office was to go out and meet top agents and meet agents and recruit them into the firm. Right. So every step of my career, I had always identified what's the one thing that drives the business, and I had made that my my three to four hour time block. So when I started writing, I now just I just do it over there. I just do it over there for four hours at that conference table and that big giant screen, and and that's four hours a day. That's, so you've been living this for a lot longer than, than you wrote, since before you wrote the book. God. No, no, so. no I've, been using, I've been using this since the 90s, absolutely, wow. and been using the focus in question. The, the issue was when we went to write the book, it wasn't originally going to be called this. It was it, We were going down a different path. And finally, what happened was Jay asked me the question. He goes, well, Gary, what's the one thing, interestingly enough, that you want people to get from this book? Well, it's the focus in question. And he said, okay then, first, let's call it the one thing. And number two, let's make that the issue in the book. Wow. And so that's what happened. So all of a sudden, it became called the one thing, and the focus in question became... Now, the only reason why you don't get to it to chapter 10 is because I'm thoroughly convinced that if your head is full of the wrong stuff... There's no room for the rights. Got to get rid of all the junk first. Yeah. So I traditionally, if if you're ever in a class with me or being coached by me, I'm traditionally going to say first thing we need to do is we need to get we need to get out the myths of uh, or whatever you're thinking now that's incorrect. So the, it's really two books. For the first half of the book is really about the myths, the challenges, the lies. Yeah. Yeah. That that people buy into that keep them from being willing to do one thing. Once you get rid of those lies, getting to the focus in question makes sense. If you go straight to it, nobody buys in because it seems too simple. Gotcha. You've got to explain to them you know about all the other things that they're doing. We had to build a case that said, look, if things don't matter equally, that means some things matter more than others. And if you can't do two things at once, then effectively, then I guess you're going to end up doing one and that's okay because things don't matter equally, right? And so you start building this case where people say, oh, well, then I need more discipline. And no, you don't. You have enough discipline. You just need a habit of doing the right thing, right? Then they say, well, but my willpower isn't working for me. You say, well, now hang on a second. Willpower will work for you if you use it at the right time of day or renew it before you try to access it, right? So what happens is people really do, that's what the six lies are about, is trying to knock down all of those challenges that people face uh, that keeps them from, ultimately going, well, I just need to be doing this. Now what happens is, if you ask this question in your life at everything, after a while, you'll start looking at your spouse, your kids, your dog even, your mom or whatever, and you'll, you'll always be asking the lever, you'll be thinking, you'll even be going to the ball game. It's true. You will, you'll go to a ball game and you'll even, I'll tell you what, I'll give you a good example, just a fun example. But I went out with the, uh, to dinner with a, a friend of mine, a musician. And at the end of dinner, we came out. Now, we had both valet parked our car. I may have told you this story before. Heard. But we had valet parked our car, and uh, my car was sitting right out in front. His was up in the garage. There were at least 10 people in line. We were at the end of the line. The valet saw me, went and got the car. My car key gave it to me. I got my car and drove off. My friend's just standing there doing this. And I later explained to him, I said... Well, the difference is I, I asked myself what's the one thing I can do that will put my car up front and be available to me and the answer, it's such that everything else I might do is easier or unnecessary, and the answer was tip him on the front end, not the back end. Because when you tip a, someone like that on the front end, they absolutely know they're going to get tipped. There's no question about it. They, and they know the amount. So if you just add a dollar or two on top of it, right, 15% plus a dollar or 20% plus a dollar, that's just enough for them to go. You know what? I'm going to put your car up front. Wow, yeah, that is so expensive. you can apply that's another level. Yeah, we, we just apply it to everything. You just, and by the way, it's a casual way of looking at things. All you've done is change one question in your head. You no longer walk around and say, "What can I do?" You now say, "What's the one thing I can do?" So it's that by doing it, everything else I might do is easier or necessary. That's what. That's the way you play. So you're already you're already asking a defocusing question every day. Every, every time you get up and decide your next move, you're asking a focusing question that actually defocuses you, you more often than not. You just didn't realize it. Right. So we're we're, it's not that you're not asking a question of yourself. You are. So are your employees, so are the agents that work with you. Everyone in your business is asking a question about what they should do. All we've done is give you a different question. You're already asking it. You're already sitting down with your family saying, What are we going to eat? Where are we going to go? What are we going to see? How are we going to get there? What are we going to do when we get there? You're already asking all those questions. All we're saying is couch it in what's called the leveraging question. The habitual manner of how you ask the question will up your experience. So that's all. It's that's all it is. Wow. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate
0: your time. Love you. Love you too. See Thank you me. very much. Bye.